Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 104, which is very weird for me, <laughs> very weird for me to say into a microphone because that was my old radio station. Ah. I don't feel like I should say that number into a mic without back-selling Nickelback songs or something. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Take back your soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gave that up a long time ago. So, <laughs> But yes, episode 104 which we've slapped together at the last fucking second as usual because yes. yesterday was a big day of it was <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con general registration, which we've done the last couple of years. And uh, most years we also we also apply as press, which uh, yeah. we've never even been rem- <laughs> remotely successful in convincing anyone that our particular construction of filthy cock jokes is actually a form of journalism. Plus, this year, uh, when we moved uh, from uh, to the all-new, all-different <laughs> rebirth, <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Midlife's home office. We had Stop a, drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we had a month where we couldn't do any shows, and yeah, we're not going to convince anybody that, that we're pressed with that big a gap. Now. So maybe next year. So yeah, this year we did our usual thing. We went to two different locations. I went to my day job. Amanda stayed here. We had two browsers running. One on a T1 connection, one on a 100 megabit connection, and we got in, and yeah, fuck it, we're not going to San Diego again. Yeah, we got into the waiting room. I saw the blue spinning circle of death. Yeah, the waiting room opened sharply at 11 a.m., and that was one thing that was nicer this year than last year, the last couple of years, uh, and this is all Eastern time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, in the last couple of years, it would open at 10 a.m., so you, I would always have some, you get so many superstitions wrapped up in trying to register for Comic-Con. It's like, yeah. maybe you get weighted a little more if you're there right when it opens. It shows that you're serious. And well, the problem with that is, again, I go to my day job. So I'm sitting there in an empty fucking office. On a Saturday. On a Saturday morning for two hours. There's nobody there to even score brownie points with. <laughs> or weed. It was fucking horrible. So at least this year was just one hour. Yeah, it's people started getting registered at 10 past noon, and I was in my car on my way home with Dick. <laughs> Straight up 1 o'clock. It was all done in less than an hour. Yeah, it was pretty uh, epically horrible. Yeah, I I don't want to beat this to, to death, because we've talked about this with every registration and last year with pre-registration, and it's nothing changes the pure, stinking, unmitigated fucking hell of trying to get into San Diego it's, I don't want to beat it to death. It's, it's frustrating because yeah. there are only so many seats. San Diego still has not expanded the convention center despite promises for years and years and years that they were going to build more venues and more hotels. And there have been, at least since we first went mm-hmm. 10 years ago in 2006, at least two extensions with San Diego swearing up and down, we're going to extend the convention center. And I think I read this past year. Even though the contract was coming up and they wound up renewing it, so the convention is going to stay in San Diego until at least 2018. Okay. But I think the city council like voted down expanding the convention center. I'm not sure where they would expand it to. I mean, it's right on the water. Are they going to build it out into the sea? Yes. Uh, <laughs> take all the detritus and uh, <laughs> empty 40 ounces. And <laughs> yeah, Hall H is now in Atlantis. Yeah, build it underwater. <laughs> Kid, I'd pay extra for that shit. Just scuba down to it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I half- cut down on the lines. 
<laughs> you can't hold your breath. You're not serious. Yeah, if you can't hold your breath for this long, <laughs> you are not old enough to ride San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> I would watch that. That I'd take part in that. That'd be fun. <laughs> not half the city of Boston's built on fucking landfill. Yeah, just build out into the goddamn bay. <laughs> I mean, the the Navy might have a problem with it, but yeah. fuck them. Does the Navy bring $177 million into San Diego every July? No, they don't. Every July? Do they have <laughs> nuclear weapons? Yes, that's probably a mitigating factor <laughs> with this whole plan, but otherwise it's solid. I like your idea. <laughs> Just, I was just saying, like, what are they, unless they're planning on putting, like, an addition, like, build, building up vertically, I don't know where it would go. You know what? Take over the USS Midway. It's a giant fucking aircraft carrier. <laughs> Is there history behind it? Sure. Did American lives get lost on it? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't have a DC panel on it. <laughs> All right. This is our last show. I'm going to be executed by some militiaman on the way out the door tomorrow. It could be, it could be one of those like Alterna sites. It's like, all right, so the, uh, the Veronica Mars reunion will be on the Midway. No, like, <laughs> fuck, the, fuck the Veronica Mars reunion. The Misfits of Science reunion. <laughs> yeah, put them on the Midway. Make people hike over there. There is no solution to this. No. Not to keep it in San Diego. Unless they for some reason were able to like extend the number of days, but then I don't I don't see vendors wanting to stay that long. Be hard to to get in, I think, enough stars that would be willing to stay. Well, you'd have a huge lull. The yeah. the if you did, I don't know, like now it's the Thursday with all right, call it Wednesday to Sunday. If you did Wednesday to Tuesday, yeah, you get the shit panels like the following Monday. <laughs> Nobody wants to fly out on Tuesday, so the place is half. I mean, I guess you'd get great deals for whatever retailers are, are sitting there goggle-eyed and brain-damaged, wondering if yeah. their temporary help they hired to man the stores <laughs> have looted them blind yet. Right. See, the problem is if they did it longer, what would happen is you get people taking most of their vacation and trying to do the whole thing. It would solve yeah. a certain amount, but I don't think it would solve very much. And we would try to do that because we'd think we're going to cover the whole thing and we've done enough of them. The convention at its length right now is every year on Sunday, the final thing we would do is they do the Buffy the Vampire Slayer once more with feeling sing-along. Yep. And so we would go to that and go straight from there to the Hyatt Bar. Yes. To have two or three drinks and be like, all right, well, we're out the door tomorrow. It's all over. And I think every year I would say, I am bummed this is over. But I don't think I could fucking take anymore. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's 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 like, you know, the circus is ending and you don't want to see them take the big top down, but you don't want to, you, you can't stay there a minute longer because you've reached complete fatigue hysteria. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Your legs are shot. Your knees are destroyed. You're exhausted because you haven't been sleeping well. Uh, the bathroom becomes an adventure from just <laughs> eating nothing but fish tacos at the tin fish and beef and cheese and eggs and sausage for breakfast and... I just, I just wish I could send a postcard to the p nice people at the. At the don't give it away. Don't give it away. We'll go back we go there to. someday. Because I feel bad. They always remembered us, even though it was like a year between visits. <laughs> oh, don't worry. They think we're dead. <laughs> and they're, they're probably thinking their food killed us. Oh, so. <laughs> that's not true. No, they have awesome food. Excellent. We're just not telling you where it is. That's right. That is our secret place. <laughs> it is hell and gone from Cartagena. <laughs> but if you attack it from the right angle, you can get there, and nobody ever goes there, and the food is spectacular. And if you have a couple of passes that you can sling our way, I'd be more than happy to bring you there and pay for your breakfast every day. <laughs> Otherwise, fuck off. We're keeping that for us. Someday we're going to get back in there. Yes. Uh, now I want chilaquiles. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're in the middle of a show. I can't, I can't help you. I'm just, just going to table that. I'm already on my second beer. I can't go out and get it. <laughs> I don't know what they could do to alleviate this. I mean, up until 2010, the, the trick always was you would go and you would stand in line and you would get your badge and immediately turn around and get in line to get your badges for the following year. Right. Now, I get that you can't continue to do that. After a certain point, probably at this point it would be like this. It would be... 75% the same people going every year. Pretty much. So it would become really a private club. And that's, that's not fair. Now, as much as, you know, we sit here and complain, oh God, frozen out for the second year in a row, we went nine straight fucking years. Yeah. I'm okay with other people having a turn. It bums me out, but it's only fair. Yeah. It had gotten bad enough that in 2011, I've told this story before, 2011 was the last year you could buy tickets for the following year on site. Right. And it wasn't the same way where it was like, oh, you just turn around and get him. It was, oh, no, we're going to do it at 7 o'clock in the morning at the Hyatt. Yep. And we only have a certain number of tickets that we can give that we can sell. And, yeah, people would stand in line for forever. Yeah. I They, and, they would queue up like they were waiting for Hall H, like the night before. Oh, yeah. There were people in line waiting there as we were on our way back to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. That year, I went and did it on Sunday. It was... A, you got up ridiculously early. I got up at like 4.30 in the morning. I wasn't going to stay overnight, but it's like, I'm going to take an honest run at it. Yeah. So yeah, I got up at 4.30 in the morning and took a cab over there because we weren't staying right next to the convention center at that point. Yeah. And if you're familiar at all with San Diego, yeah, the line started at the Hyatt, went all the way behind the convention center over to the Marriott. Wow. We're talking a <laughs> massive, unbelievable fucking line. That's, wow. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm going to get in line. <laughs> And Wait, I went to the Marriott or to the Hilton? Oh, the Hilton. Sorry. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So that's like a good direction. half mile. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and stood in line and I was completely brain dead. I got up at 4.30. I put clothes on. I hosed myself down with Lysol or some shit. <laughs> I just immediately got a cab. So yeah, it's like quarter of five. And I've told this story before, but fuck it. <laughs> Tell the story, Uncle Rob. Yeah. So I'm, I'm exhausted and everybody is in the same boat. So everybody introduces themselves. You get talking to people very quickly. And yeah, there was a young kid... Uh, named Brandon, I think. Okay. And uh, I'm like, Brandon, I'm going to die if I don't get some coffee. There's a Starbucks over at the Hyatt. Oh, no, at the Marriott. We'll save your place in line. Here's $20. Just get me a large with cream and keep the change. And please. So he was hesitant. Yeah. But he went and did it. <laughs> and within five minutes, the line starts moving. Oh, jeez. I'm like, oh, fuck. This poor kid. I doomed him. Oh, no. I'm feeling terrible, and I don't know what I feel more terrible about, that I've, I've fucked this stranger out of tickets for 2012, or that I'm not going to get my goddamn coffee. <laughs> but, you're from you're from uh, New England. It was probably more about, like, the coffee. Uh, yeah, but it was Starbucks, so. Uh, all right, yeah, so I, I can see where you had, like, the little bit of each going. I might have died, but yeah. I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> so, so, the line moved quickly, and we were literally probably a hundred yards away from the door, and the kids running up looking for us. I'm like, Brandon, you beautiful son of a bitch, come over here, we're over here. <laughs> got coffee, got in there. Look, he didn't get killed by other people that like were further back that didn't know about like the backstory of Brandon. Oh, I was being pretty loud because my ears were plugged. I have some <laughs> kind of consar, so and I was I wasn't quiet about. It. I needed coffee. But uh, believe, Still. <laughs> uh, believe me, I, I'd have fought for Brandon at that point. Uh, See, all right, so that y you are a good person. I would have fought and died for that beautiful <laughs> kid who brought me a coffee. And then, yeah, then we get inside, and the problem is there's no fucking cell service because I have <laughs> the worst cell carrier in the world, no matter what their commercials would have you believe. I don't know what that carrier would be. Yeah. 
But so I, yeah, then I, after Brandon did this for me, I'm like, dude, can I borrow your cell phone so I could text Amanda and let her know I'm not dead? Because <laughs> all you know is I've left the room at five in the morning. I could be scoring. But I knew what your plan was. So I, 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 I know, but I could have gotten distracted and scored heroin over by the bail bonds <laughs> district. As you are so often want to do. Yeah, well, at five o'clock in the morning on the other side of the <laughs> no country, coffee. strange ideas start to, <laughs> start to make a lot of fucking sense. Like, let's get up at 430 to well, get... Well, you know, if we weren't going to try to do it the time that we like didn't get into Frank Miller's after party and stumbled back that way back to the hotel. I don't think we were going to do that. Yeah, we were that. <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty drunk. <laughs> that was the worst. Here's a hint. If you're going to try to sneak into a place, at least act a little bit like you belong there. I can't do that. Yeah. We- <laughs> it was Amanda's idea. We're about five it's drinks in. Drunk. <laughs> it's like, and yeah, it was, uh, was it the party for Sin City or I something? Think so. And yeah, I don't Amanda- even know how I found out about it. Probably Twitter. Yeah, Amanda said, let's try and crash this party. So yeah, we, we're dressed like scrubs, already <laughs> already drunk. Yeah. And, and we, of course, instruct the cab, pull up right in front of the place. <laughs> and get out, and we're just staring at the security people as we try and walk in. They're like, do you have an invitation? No, we just want a beer. <laughs> Sorry, it's a There's private, a private party. function. Okay. <laughs> Where we wind up the- The yard house. The yard house. The worst possible <laughs> place to end up. Four thousand beers. Yeah, and they and they knew that they probably shouldn't have been serving us at that point too. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, it's Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the idea of having tickets for next year on sale on site at this point it's it's a non-starter. It's not going to work. You now, yeah, there's move to L.A. Maybe that could work. I mean, the argument for years was that the TV and movie people. Part of why San Diego was so big was it was an excuse. They like going to San Diego. It got them out of the city. Yeah. Like in the, the height of July. But yeah, that was before Comic-Con was Comic-Con. Right. You know, if these days, if they want a piece of our sweet, sweet geek dollars, <laughs> they'd travel to an artillery range in fucking Siberia if that's where we were. Yeah. Well, an argument that I saw was, you know, maybe what they should do is New York has its own thing at this point. When they have Comic-Con, have, have San Diego host it, you know, as per usual, but also have satellite cities that you wouldn't expect. And I don't know what those would be. Uh, I'm thinking maybe... Oklahoma uh, City. I don't know. But- I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> Flint because that idea is fucking brain damaged. Jesus. I mean, seriously. What, what are you going to put in the satellites? <laughs> and how... They can bear... They only announce the panels like two weeks ahead of time. If they say, great, we got Comic-Con in five locations... If I want to see the DC panels, where do I go? Do I go to San Diego, LA? Do I go to Flint? Do I go to Boston? Where the fuck do you go? Well, that's just, that's the idea though, is you, you, you break up the programming across several, several cities and then you, you're going to go to the one that has the majority of programming that's going to be the most appealing to you. So what, comics are in San Diego, say, not and necessarily, movies are in L.A.? Not necessarily doing it that way, because that would compartmentalize it too much, but you know, maybe a certain amount of of Marvel and DC at the one city, plus this TV stuff is going to present here, but this other TV stuff, because this is the stuff that fucks up the con now, like the, the movies and TV stuff, break that shit up. <laughs> Which... Which makes a certain amount of sense, but part of what makes San Diego fun is the pure goddamn spectacle of all of it, and that's all because of the TV and movies. Now, we don't go to any of the TV or movie programming, but the shit all around the city 
that shit, you know, all the storefronts that become, you know, and all the offsite stuff. Yeah. You know, who do you think's paying for that? Boom Studios? No, <laughs> that's NBC and CBS and the Sci Fi Channel and Paramount. And- yeah. Or, or, I mean, and this has started to happen to a certain degree. Um, and I, I know I'm stepping on like the points that you might have already written down. Um, have the convention proper take over more venues throughout the city and turn it into like a whole like South by Southwest thing. And they've tried to do that up to a certain point. The the Marriott has some stuff, and the Hyatt has some stuff. Certain panels are in certain places. Yeah. But where the rubber hits the road, they got to sell tickets thinking about the fire marshal and the convention center. Right, right. So, yeah, you can split that off, but the floor is the floor. True. And, yeah, we certainly go there for panels because we try to cover stuff, and being comic geeks, even before we were trying to be <laughs> the world's most half-assed news organization... <laughs> Broadcasting live out of a basement outside Boston. <laughs> live to tape. <laughs> um, did, still, the, the floor is the default. In right. between all panels is the floor. Yes. So, yeah, okay, the floor is there, but it, whether you spread out in San Diego or say, good news, Fargo, North Dakota's got <laughs> the DC Rebirth panel. Okay, and what will I do after that? Oh, the Supernatural panel. Put put all that over there. <laughs> that has a wide fandom that we're we're just checking all the boxes on people we want to get pissed off at us. There's gonna be riots outside the home office when we try to leave tomorrow morning. I don't know, I'm liking the idea of this more and more. <laughs> uh I mean, the other thing they always say is move to Vegas. And I'm not sure. You know, I say I'm not sure I want to do it for years. I said, if they move Comic-Con to Vegas, I'm not going. Well, this is two years. I'm not going anyway. Um, you know what? If you move it to Vegas, yeah, take all of the uh, the TV and and movie stuff and, and bring that with you to Vegas. And then just have a comic book, <laughs> comic book convention at San Diego. <laughs> which is fine. But again, that takes all the spectacle out of it, yeah. which is half the fun. You give me a choice between... That giant floor with just comic books, yeah, and that giant and splitting stuff. I'll, I would take that giant floor with comic books and say, screw the spectacle. Because the first couple of years we went, the spectacle was not at the level it is now. No, no, it was just. I mean, it was just beginning. It, they had this like one random snakes on a plane booth, and you walked through it and was like, what the hell was that about? <laughs> yeah, but but once you got to Fifth Avenue, yeah, every it was still Fifth Avenue, right? You know, they didn't have the. You know, Jesus. Sci-fi I forget cafe the, thing. I forget the first year we went and saw the entire side of the Marriott was just a giant movie poster. Yeah. And it wasn't a good movie either. No. <laughs> yeah, that was later on. So yeah, again, scaling it back, is it still the same thing? I don't know. You know, spreading it out, is it still the same thing? Now, the problem with Vegas, number one, in July, that's the heated equivalent of a fucking artillery training range in Siberia. Yeah, but everything in the world is air-conditioned there. People have learned to work in the desert. Yes, but unless there is a single center that also has the hotel in it so you don't have to go outside at all, you're still going to go outside and burn. Take a taxi. (laughs) You can't cross the street in San Diego. Well, then again, Vegas is is better equipped for that kind of thing. Yeah, I can't can't speak to how it's laid out. When I've seen the argument come up online, uh, it seems as though... People are like, no, you you take a taxi wherever the hell it is that you're going. That's how it works with other conventions. Yeah. All I know is... And they would probably run buses. They already run shuttle bus in San Diego. They would just come up with a different set of shuttles. Oh, yeah. And it's a pure joy standing there waiting for the pink bus at the front (laughs) of the line in San Diego where, yeah, it's it's 78 degrees with no humidity. You're just choking on exhaust and... 
the smell of people just like you who've been walking around a convention center all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trying to trying to do that in I was in Las Vegas once as a kid on a family vacation and it was July and it was 114 fucking Good degrees. Lord. And people say, "Oh, it's a dry heat." Sure it is. Fire is also a dry heat. <laughs> It's it's oppressive. It's yeah. You go from air conditioning to air conditioning like you're trying to cross a a river rapid. <laughs> you could do it. Floor but... is literally lava. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I got a text today from Gariana Abeda, who's yes. a friend of the show, who was a guest uh, the last time we were in San Diego, who is actually in Vegas right now, and she said that these days you can walk around in public with like a giant flagon of whiskey. <laughs> Which sounds very attractive to me. Uh, are there any good convention centers in, in New Orleans? Maybe we should just... <laughs> oh, if you put 100,000 geeks in New Orleans, it sinks. I don't think they're equipped. I don't think they're equipped. Oh, dear. <laughs> the apocalypse. And out in the Gulf, there's just bobbing stormtrooper helmets. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Boba Fett jetpacks. <laughs> I saw the Ghostbuster proton pack waving for help before he went under. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, as attractive as the booze sounds, it, even it, when it comes to, to big conventions, you know, certainly we drink. Yes. But you can't drink on the convention floor. You become exhausted and pissed off really fast. It's hard to move down there. So, yeah, it just doesn't. It's not. It would not be a good time for drinking. We had a tradition for a couple of years before preview night became just as bad as every other fucking <laughs> night. We would go to uh, one of the burger places and sit at the bar and have lunch. We'd get our laminate at like three o'clock, and then it's like, okay, we have to go back at seven o'clock to do preview night, and we drink for four hours, and it would be a blast <laughs> for a while. One time, the bartender lit the bar on fire on purpose. <laughs> I think. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. He was nice enough to put on a Sox game. It was it was a brief sort of distraction. That's true. But yeah, that was the last uh that was the last time it was fun because it still wasn't packed. So yeah, we went for an hour or so and then said, Okay, I think we're done. We tried it again the next year. I was ready to lay hands on people after about an hour. Yeah. That said, Yeah, you you can't do it drunk. So as much as Vegas and you know, oh you can drink the I wouldn't get out alive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's either way it doesn't matter. They just signed a contract, they're gonna stay there until two thousand eighteen. And it's just, it's frustrating for us because it's hard to bitch. Again, we did nine straight years. This is two years out. Yeah. It's like, uh, but th the problem is we've always sort of said, uh, all right, if we can't do San Diego, we'll do another one. And there's just not another one we could really do this year. Not with our schedules or mine specifically. Yeah. I mean, last year we did C2E2, which was great. And we'd go back in a second. But they changed the week that it is. It's fully like three weeks earlier or yeah, four so weeks it, earlier. It doesn't line up with when I would be free. Yeah, so we can't do it. Uh, we we're talking about Heroes Con, but this year I think it's a week earlier than it was last year, so that doesn't work out. New York Comic Con is always on a bad weekend, and as a Bostonian, fuck New York. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be bored to death. Yeah, I mean, we thought about WonderCon, but there's family commitments that are really going to make that not possible. I mean, we are going to do Boston Comic Con. Yes, the first we thing have I, tickets for that. First thing I did when I got <laughs> home yesterday was, uh, okay, we're going to lock this in and make sure. So, yeah, we got the, the same VIP passes as last year, so hopefully we can get in everything and offer some good coverage. But, yeah, I mean, for this, again, not to be that guy, it's like, oh, we went for nine years and we're, we're with you. It's hard to get in and it sucks and it's disappointing and it's, it pisses away most of a Saturday to even try to fucking do it. Yeah, because <clears throat> at least we can hold on to we we got to go. I I felt for the people that I saw on social media that were just like, this is the fifth year in a row that I've tried. This is the fifth year in a row I've never gotten in. I've never gone. I'm like, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's 
object living proof that yeah. we were able to go as long as we did because for so long, if you were there, you had a guarantee that you could go next year. If you were willing to spend the money right there, you were locked in. Yeah. And it's just not that way now, and it's never going to be that way again. Yeah. We'll get back someday, but it ain't up to us anymore. Nope. So any any more than anybody else. Yeah, and this year they're actually mailing out the laminates rather than having folks pick them up on site unless you're international. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. It's they're adding RFID chips mm -hmm. to all the badges to help eliminate counterfeiting. And that's fine, but I mean, I, I think that increases the likelihood of people attempting to scalp them because the security is generally good about checking the ID, but they don't always check to see if if you have like ID on you that matches your, your laminate. Yeah, I was thinking that. It's if it gets shipped and you eliminate the line where that was always where you had to show your ID and have the barcode to get it. Yeah. Then yeah, what's to stop anybody from just selling it to somebody for four hundred dollars on the street, particularly now that they're daily badges? Right. It's like, uh, I'm not feeling well, I'm not gonna go today. Just go down to the lobby, it's like four hundred bucks. Right. We were never ID'd walking in the door. And I think there's too many people to it's exactly it's, a, it's not it's, it's not been tenable. A, it's been a policy for years that they reserve the right to do it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they they might find rampant scalping out on the street. Yeah. And they may never do it again. Maybe. Shit, maybe we should fly out anyway. <laughs> Stay in a shitty hotel. <laughs> Just go up to anybody got tickets? <laughs> Treat it like a Red Sox game. Yeah. Oh shit, we couldn't get in. Well, let's go to the Let's get your the, tickets. Let's go to the cask and flag and screw it. <laughs> oh, we can't get into the convention today? All right, let's hang up the tin fish and people watching get drunk. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can't get into the tin fish anymore. You can get to the no. goddamn convention center anymore. Yeah. We'll at least cover the Boston convention. As we said last year when we were in the same position, if there's a regional convention you know about that's on one of the major vacation times, <laughs> uh, you know, like April vacation and... You know, well, April vacation... Um, is is more of a Massachusetts thing. Is it? Yeah, and and New Hampshire also, but they have it alternate weeks. Okay. Um other 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 states have it at different times. If you got a regional convention sometime late in April, <laughs> uh, or maybe over Memorial Day weekend or uh, sometime during the summer. Yes. Yeah, you know, or sometime uh Columbus Day weekend, some like a holiday weekend that, that you think might be fun to cover that we're not aware of. Uh, shoot us an email, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. We, so, we would appreciate knowing at, about it. At this point, yeah, we got a few grand in play that we'd put aside for San Diego, yeah. so what the hell? All right. Fuck that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm done. All right. <laughs> Fucking San Diego. Let's talk actual comics news you didn't even have to go to San Diego for. Yes. Which we've been talking about for weeks, and yet there are finally... Finally, some Finally. Fucking... There was a video and everything. I know. Finally, some details about a DC rebirth. After a month, we actually know a little bit about what it is. Tell us, Uncle Rob. Well, they're saying it's not a reboot, but it kind of seems like it is. Okay. A reboot in the sense of they're opening up the hard stop that they gave themselves at Flashpoint into the New 52, saying none of this ever happened anymore. Uh, it looks like... I just hurt myself rolling my eyes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Okay. So, yeah, here's where we're at. Uh, at uh, the Comics Pro retailer event uh, this Thursday, Jeff Johns, uh, who's DC's uh, chief creative officer... Uh, released a video, uh, at least gave some hints about, from his end, what he wants to get out of DC Rebirth, what he's hoping he's going to do. He's going to be writing the first issue, <clears throat> first issue of the event. Excuse okay. Me. Um, and and when it starts out, he talks about uh, when he was doing Green Lantern Rebirth, 
uh, and Flash Rebirth and how Green Lantern was about opening up Green Lantern, which had really shrunk down to just Kyle Rayner and saying, no, all these other elements don't exist anymore, and opening that back up into like the big epic space opera that it once was. Um, he makes... He makes a special point uh, about how Green Lantern Rebirth is also what led to the Sinestro Corps War and Blackest Night, mm -hmm. which is fine and a smart thing to talk about because when Blackest Night was going on, it was one year uh, yeah. where we actually did go to San Diego where the DC panels were actually more well attended than the Marvel panels, which we almost never saw. Right. Um, what he doesn't mention is how Flash Rebirth led to Flashpoint, which led to the new 52, and as if Bob <laughs> Harris had the reverse Midas touch, where everything he touched turns weird and nobody wants it, <laughs> except for Batman. Yeah. But uh, he gets, a, and I do have a little bit of audio from the video, uh, he gets a little bit into the intentions that he and DC have behind the move, so let me do that one. There are some secrets we'll learn about the new 52 in the third Rebirth, right? It's going to start with DC Universe Rebirth number one, this special that kicks off the entire Rebirth event, and it's not just an event. But an ongoing mission for us. And we've been working for months and months and months with all the creative teams in editorial and Dan and Jim. And I'm sitting there with every single team and really zeroing in on Aquaman or Birds of Prey or Justice Society of America and saying, like, let's look at this and find out what we love about it. What did we love about it? What do we love about it? And really take all of that and build a better book, build a better universe. Building better universes. Jeff Johns. <laughs> Okay, I'm 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 completely cynical, but all I heard was in what way can I find some way to bring Silver Age characters back into play? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is his general MO. Birds of Prey, Silver Age characters back into play. Justice Society, Silver Age characters back into play. <laughs> hey, look, which in its own way is fine because at least it's Jeff Johns doing it. Yes. If it was Scott Lubdell, ten dollar <laughs> all you can eat testicle fest. <laughs> <laughs> Let Brett Booth to draw everything. <laughs> More titties. Don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Mary, and don't look at it no matter what happens. Um, I get what you're saying, but that's that's Jeff Johns' MO, is bring everything back to the Silver Age, or bring Silver Age elements back to almost everything. He's done it over and over again. In certain ways, that's not worked for me. Barry Allen as the Flash has has never gotten over Wally West for me. Yeah. Wally West was my Flash. I've talked a million times about the Mike Barron run yeah. on Flash and how it made him one of my favorite characters for a long time. Bringing Barry Allen back was a non-starter. That said, uh, Robert Venditti and some of the other people who've been writing it, Van Jensen, it's been generally entertaining in, until we get to Gorilla Grodd. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of the few Flash fans. I'm like, fuck Gorilla Grodd. I firmly believe one time once somebody put a gorilla on a cover of a comic book and sales went up like 4%. <laughs> It'd probably because uh, somebody forgot to send shit back to the publisher as unsold, and they said, gorillas everywhere! <laughs> He's the fastest man alive fighting a monkey. That doesn't make sense anywhere super in the world. intelligent monkey I know, from Gorilla I, City. And I'll probably get more angry people from that than the other ugly shit I said <laughs> earlier, but I'm not a Gorilla Grodd guy. But um, sometimes it works. I mean, Green Lantern Rebirth it works. As yeah. much as I'm still a fan of Emerald Twilight and what they did with Hal Jordan coming out of Crisis where they had the stones to say, all right, you know what? This character has not been able to carry his own book for a while. Uh, let's do something completely different with him and mm -hmm. bring something completely new to it and see if we can make something out of it. You know, that, that took some balls. Yeah. Now, Hal Jordan had been around for years to turn him not just into kind of ineffectual, but into a monster. Yeah. 
part of why I kind of like post crisis. They took a lot of those chances. Some of them didn't work and they went away, but mm -hmm. so yeah, it's that silver age thing is always going to be there. If it brings me back the justice society that fought in world war two with the golden age characters that I, I always liked that I'm fine with that. Seriously. I'm good with that. No, it's, it's I, I have no response. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's just one of those things. It's like, all right, it, at this point for for Jeff Johns you know he's done some really great things but then then we have Flashpoint which led to the new 52 and that's a lot of karmic uh like noise that you got to overcome I will defend Jeff Johns on that point I don't think that was his idea I think Flashpoint was just meant to be an event yeah. to generate this oh alternate universe that will be okay and then we go back to the status quo at the end of it from everything that I've heard, and it's all hearsay and shit on the internet, so consider that source. <laughs> Dan DiDio had his heart set on having his very own crisis for years where he could reboot everything and thought that would be what fixed everything and brought DC completely into the, the limelight for the first time in a long time. I think uh, Jeff was a good soldier and yep. rewrote the end in order to fit that in. I, I, I Based could, on the yeah. things that I've heard. I could be completely off base. Jeff Johns could close his Twitter at night and pull the fake flesh off his mustache so he can <laughs> twirl it and cackle. <laughs> Anything's possible. While but eating Fruit Loops or tricks or something. Yeah. <laughs> the man likes his cereal. I respect that. <laughs> I'm a Grape Nuts guy because I hate myself and I want to hurt. <laughs> grape Nuts are actually pretty good if you pour like full-on cream over them. Oh, yeah. Cream and about four pounds of sugar. Yeah. That's the only way it works. <laughs> and I do that. But... In your boxers on the couch. <laughs> There's a visual, folks. Good night. Yeah, crying. <laughs> a bottle like, of scotch at my feet. Like Coco and Fame. <laughs> Revolver in my hand, just <laughs> weeping into my fucking grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We should be considered as a professional journalism outlet, everybody. <laughs> Where's my damn laminate? <laughs> Want my pro pass. Uh, in the words of another fine journalist. <laughs> now I can get as loaded as I want, which is pretty damn loaded. Anyway, um, one thing <coughs> I, I will give this, it sounds more promising than the new 52 does to me out of the gate. Okay. And only because, and I don't want to keep harming on San Diego Comic-Con because it's painful right now. <laughs> but in 2011, when DC was gearing up for this, Everything seemed to be about making everything darker and about how Jim Lee redesigned everyone's costumes, apparently by taking all the lines that made up the underpants and slapping them at various other places <laughs> on the costume. It's true. It's, it, it really felt like a calculated move. It's like very much in the... As I was getting ready for the show, I went back and looked. It's like, where did all this come from? And I looked at like early stuff on the New 52. And from the official press release uh, in 2011 in May... Uh, this is from Dan DiDio, announcing this big storyline that could change his thing is, quote, we looked at what was going on in the marketplace and we felt we really want to inject new life into our characters in line. This is a chance to start not at the beginning, but at a point where our characters are younger and the stories are being told for today's audience. So right out of the gate, it's like, let's sell some shit. Yeah. Not this makes story sense. Not right. it's let's just do this because of sales. It felt kind of cynical and make no mistake. At DC editorial and in the boardrooms and, you know, Diane Nelson is not sitting there going, you know, oh, this is going to be great organic storytelling. It's the sales have slipped. We got to fucking do something. Right. But at least the initial thing on it is we want to do something with the characters. We want to make the characters and the stories as good as possible. 
even if it's Jeff Johns doing all his Silver Age stuff. Yeah. But at the very least, they're put they're leading with it's for story and character, not no more underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere the Scarlet Witch whispered, no more underpants. <laughs> and DC sales went in the toilet. <laughs> no all more... the mutants are commando. <laughs> no more underpants could be a title. <laughs> could be our first potential title. Um all right, so yeah, I got one more piece of audio from uh from Jeff Johns. Uh, this is uh from his his personal mission, what he's personally hoping okay. to to get out of DC Rebirth. Okay. Yeah, you ready for this? Always ready. <laughs> so ready. My body is ready. <laughs> Please help me. I'll end this with saying the DC Universe Rebirth special, the very first couple lines in it sum up what this is to me. So there's a picture of the world and the narrator, mysterious narrator says, I love this world, but there's something missing. Yeah, Wally West. Wally West is missing. <laughs> no, no, they did. They did eventually. Bring There's him back. a character named Wally West in the Flash, but that's not Wally. Yeah, that's yeah. not my Wally. <laughs> <laughs> not my Wally. Not my Wally. <laughs> not without my Wally. <laughs> oh, I just. I love this world, but there's something missing. They talk the bar, the whole fucking bar. I love this world, but there's something missing. Where's my whiskey funnel? <laughs> uh, wait, wait, run that, run that clip one more time. Okay, hold on. This narrator says, uh, I love this world, but there's something missing. Yes, your consumer dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at a certain level at Warner Brothers Incorporated, that's exactly what they're talking about, but... And look, if it's a there's something missing, it doesn't match up entirely with the movie properties. We got to fix that, <laughs> and that, that may well be a part of this, you know, because there was that directive that was rumored, you know, a couple of months ago that okay, no more Batgirling stuff, no more trying to make characters new and interesting, because apparently that's what Rebirth is for. Or actually, <laughs> no, that's to make them uh, older and more interesting in the ways that we used to like. Yeah, which. Again, I'm I'm generally kind of enthusiastic about it because the new 52, I think in general, if you point a gun at my head, it's a failed experiment. Most of it has not worked. Yeah. You know, DC books are nowhere near as engaging to me as Marvel books are right now, and that's kind of heartbreaking. There's something, there's been something missing from it, and I'm not entirely sure what it is. That heart, soul, talent, lack of editorial <laughs> interference. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard really to know because they've also you know started and stopped and gone in different directions so frequently now that it's hard to put your finger on any one particular thing other than I don't know figure out like how to find writers who can consistently tell good stories and let them do their thing. Even then, if you think about some of the stories that we covered, both. Both as a podcast and when we were you know, just doing print stuff, the editorial interference stories that you heard, particularly in 2012, 13, mm -hmm. 14, where you know, people would get fired from books before they even started. Uh, longtime favorite creators would get fired from books. I mean, Jesus, nobody yeah. likes to listen to Rob Liefeld, but he was the first one out the door screaming, yeah, I'm asking him questions, and I give him plots, and I give him scripts. They say, yep, this is approved, and at the last minute, it's like, nope, that's not going to work because it turns out we did this other thing. And <laughs> so you can't necessarily blame the talent. Some, some talent was driven out. That's what I'm out. saying. I'm not, I'm not blaming the writers, per se. I'm like, I said, let them tell their stories. Right, okay. <laughs> 
Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Let it, you know, they, the latitude that they gave Scott Snyder. Give that faith to somebody else. Scott <laughs> Snyder got that latitude because he sold like a motherfucker. Right, but the other ones didn't even get a chance in a lot of cases to try. <laughs> I think that came a little later. Scott Snyder was deeply benefited by hitting the ground running and telling great stories that sold very well right from Batman 1. True. Not everybody did that. And I think that's when people started to backpedal and realize maybe we hadn't planned this all out correctly. Maybe we don't know everything that we should going into this. Now, when this first happened, when Marv Wolfman did it in Crisis on Infinite Earths, it was unheard of. So, yeah, they spent a year setting it up and did a lot of planning and bringing in certain talent to make sure that on the relaunch they could hit the ground running. And with this, it... Now, they announced it in May, so figured maybe they were working on it for six months. Yeah. And, you know, when some of your opening talent is Rob Liefeld and Scott Lobdell, you know, that's... Well, he's still writing his books. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> so, you know... I'm but... still doing this show. Yeah. That doesn't mean anybody should be paying me to do it. Not everything is for me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I, I think... If, I. I Think back to the the backlash that happened on social media when it looked like Yale Simone was going to get fired off of her book. <laughs> was, oh, that's absolutely a absolutely a key example. Yeah, or or the the Batwoman brouhaha with J. H. Williams. And, oh, yeah. There's, there's been a ton. <laughs> of No them. more marriages. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and a, a ton of solicits for creators that then wound up. Oh no, we're going to go with somebody else and do some other thing. Uh, George Perez, you know, writing Superman for six months, and he was one of the first ones off, and he said. I forget where I read this, but uh, he said, you know, look, I would ask editorial simple questions like, okay, are the Kents still alive? And they don't know. Yeah, that's it's, a problem. It's like, okay, <laughs> I would ask things that, that it's like, oh, Jesus, they haven't figured this out. They don't know what's going on yet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully they've been saying about this uh, at least for a week. It's like, this isn't a reboot. It's not a reboot. And from every indication, it's, yeah, okay, we're just pulling up the floodgates on older continuity as maybe available um, and if there's anything more specific about that, I haven't really heard it. The good part about doing that is like, okay, we're opening up all this older shit. Those questions are now answered. Yeah. You know, if you're saying, oh, it's the Justice Society that was there before Flashpoint, okay, that shit's all figured out. Right. You know, how they made it into, you know, our present without aging and all that stuff's done. So you just can tell the story. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to come up with a new. <laughs> You don't need a zero year, for Christ's sake, to talk about how it happened. It's all worked out. Yes. I mean, one of the things that's been missing from the new 52 for me that I'm hoping this alleviates, it's, yeah, the two things are the sense of legacy and yet cohesion. Mm. Because like, after Crisis, we got new origin stories for Batman and Superman. We had Batman Year One and Man of Steel by uh, John Byrne. But even as those were going on, they, they were sort of ancillary. Yep, here are the origin stories for these characters that we're not introducing post-crisis. It's just there, there was a sense that they had been around. Yeah. You know, for these characters, crisis was something that, yeah, that was a terrible thing that happened. And we got through it, but we don't realize that there's a multiverse that was destroyed, and except for a very few characters. Right. Uh, it's just, okay, we're going to go on with this is the new normal, but we're going on. So yeah, you got some new origins, but there was still the sense that there was some history. Some of the stuff that you read still mattered. <clears throat> and you got a certain amount of that with the New 52, particularly with Batman. Right. 
and Green Lantern because at the time they were the biggest selling ones going in. It's like, oh yeah, Jesus, don't fuck with yeah. <laughs> don't fuck with Blackest Night for Christ's sake. Keep the Red Lanterns. Yeah, <laughs> and even though it completely fucked up Batman's continuity. Yeah. You know, oh, Batman's been around for five years. He's gone through four Robins and killed one of them. He should be in prison. What a fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Lost another Robin today. <laughs> that guy was a jackass. But, you know, and but there was because we were they treated it like, okay, all this happened, but it's still this is just a point in DC history. You know, it's not a brand new beginning like New 52 was where it's like, okay, we're setting the clock back on everything. And now we're at five years past the debut of Superman. So all that there's no history beyond five years ago. This at least felt like there was a history, and you brought Justice Society back into it. So it's a history going back years, and it took a little while, but there was a stretch early on where everything felt kind of brand new and yet cohesive. Hmm. So the brand new sense of le- like Wally West taking over for the Flash, uh, the Justice Society becoming World War II heroes instead of uh, Earth Two heroes. Right. So. Yeah, there was new stuff, but it still felt like there was a long history, but you were getting at it at just the right point to be able to say, okay, but I can get all of it. Yeah. Since it's kind of new, I can I can understand all of it, and this can become a cohesive continuity for me. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess at this point, it's good that they'll allow people to go back and, and cherry pick if it's going to make sense for a story. I, I hope it's not going to lead to some something weird like, all right, now we have an excuse for uh, Kingdom Come Superman to throw down on a alternate reality with uh, American Alien Superman. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, they absolutely could do that if they continue with the multiverse after this. Yeah, I, I can't imagine everybody. <laughs> Dan DiDio has and Jeff Johns have clearly been so in love with the multiverse; they've gone out of their way to introduce it in whatever way they can. Yeah, or hmm, I guess this means that Justice League Detroit's now a thing again, huh? You shut your filthy fucking mouth. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> this time, will they let Justice League International live? <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's too goddamn late. See, I don't want the multiverse. I recognize there's a huge history there, but part of what was exciting to me post-crisis is all these characters that were historically multiversal we're now occupying the same world. You could have Captain Marvel in Justice League. You could have Blue Beetle in fucking Justice League. The Can question we just have was Blue Beetle, please? But the original Blue Beetle? Yeah, we'll never see that again. I want my booster in Beetle. I mean, we've got that in Justice League 3001 up to a certain point. I want the real ones. They are the real ones. They're not clones. <laughs> yeah, you should be reading Justice League 3001. It doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of ink, and we don't talk about it a lot. I'm having a blast with it. I had a lot of difficulty getting into it, but if you're saying that it's gotten better, then... oh, don't worry, it's not listed as part of the rebirth stuff. It's too late. <laughs> it's too fucking late. There's nothing to be done. So they killed think. him again. Uh, possibly, very possibly, <laughs> which sucks. But but yeah, I mean, it, it temp- there, temporarily there was a feeling. That the DC universe was like Marvel in the glory days. There's continuity, but there's not so much of it that I can't handle it. But it feels like there's a sense of history. And but time is passing. New heroes will replace old ones. We see it happen a little bit here. And everybody knew we'd eventually get to the point of time shifting. Yeah. You know, there's no way Bruce Wayne is not going to be Batman for an extended period of time. Clark Kent is always going to be Superman. But some heroes could shift in and out. True. You know, for Christ's sake, just since Crisis, there were <laughs> three Robins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a whole host of individuals they've added to the extended Bat family at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I never got that feeling from the new 52. They they tried it and they said, oh, there's five years of history and we'll tell some of those stories. And look, here's the very beginning of the Justice League. But 
but yeah, it's like I said, the continuity in Batman alone make that make not any fucking sense. And some of the choices they made in the new 52, I mean, that new Swamp Thing origin that invalidates Alan Moore. If you're invalidating Alan Moore's story, <laughs> you've probably made a poor fucking choice. Yeah. Poor Watchmen. Um, <laughs> yeah, metrosexual Lobo. All right, yeah, because I'm... Here's my concern with Wonder Woman <laughs> in, Go on. in, in this new rebirth. Um, I I was one of the few individuals who was not a huge fan of the Azarello um, take on it, and I know it was wildly popular. <clears throat> yeah, it didn't work for either one of us, but it, for a variety of reasons, uh, and I've beat it to death on other shows. I d- tried when the Finches took over. I, on a aesthetic level, appreciate Mr. Finch's art, but I felt that it wasn't appropriate for Wonder Woman. She doesn't need to be that sexualized. I. <laughs> oh, sure. You masturbate to other stuff. You're going to take stuff from me? Well, you have the internet. I haven't masturbated for a comic book in a very long time. <laughs> um, and, and the, the yeah, writing. Tried, that was a Playboy comic. <laughs> I was just going to keep going with my point. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, the writing didn't do a hell of a lot for me. Now Marguerite Bennett's going to take over this. And yeah, she's the one responsible for fucking up Lobo. I don't want her anywhere near Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. She's and that the- awful insects book. Like, come on. Yeah, no, that, that just, really, no. yeah, there's, there are certain circles that love that book and we are not, uh, no. among them. <laughs> I tried it. I got through the first issue. I said, and I believe I will check in with something else from here on out. Yeah. Just, I don't want her anywhere near anything that I want to read. Yeah. I mean, speaking of comics, you should be able to jack off to. That's, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's a, it didn't do a lot for me. You're just checking off all the boxes of, of <laughs> I'm in rare form. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's wrong with me today. <laughs> I'm talking about like kicking puppies or doing something awful to children. Now put your hands together for the man who's falling apart before our eyes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy to be here. Just flew in and boy, is my penis tired. Jesus. <laughs> with the new 52, it was always just a, fe- a feeling that they threw together a half a history. Yeah. And it's like, oh, don't worry. We'll tell you what came before. But they didn't fucking know, and right. some of it they made up later, and some of it uh, didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, so it, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be trying something else, whether it's looking backward or forward. It's probably safer to be looking backward and say, all right, let's open up some floodgates on certain things that were there before. Yeah, keep certain elements because certainly, I don't want to invalidate Court of Owls. I don't want to invalidate invalidate Death of the Family or right. But certain- I, I'd like um, old Deathstroke back. <laughs> Now, be very specific. You mean the Kyle Higgins death stroke? Yes. <laughs> so, yes, I would like that. All right. So let's, let's talk about some of the concretes that we do know about books that are going to be coming out. Okay. Um, this is how I know you probably don't have Justice League 3001 to kick around anymore. Uh, <laughs> first book, uh, Jeff Johns is talking about it, DC Universe Rebirth 1. It's going to be released May 25th. Okay. It's going to be 80 pages, two ninety nine, written by Jeff Johns. Two ninety nine and 80 pages? I know. What value? <laughs> Well, that's part of the, I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, they're definitely shooting for mm. value comics uh, at this point, which is probably a wise choice and will definitely help my wallet. But, uh, yeah, the art's going to be by various repeated co-conspirators of Jeff Johns. <laughs> Gary Frank, Phil Jimenez, Ivan Rice, uh, Ethan Van Syver. After that, all DC Universe titles uh, that DC puts mm. out. So not Vertigo or anything like that, but the DC titles, whether they be monthly or biweekly, will start with a rebirth title uh, and then be renumbered to number one, except for action comics and detective comics, which are going to go back 
to their pre-Flashpoint numbering. Okay. So we're going to get into Interesting. Uh, uh, Detective Comics number 934 hmm. and uh, 957 for Action Comics. This is fucking up everybody's collections. <laughs> uh, they fucked it up. <laughs> uh, Deathstroke. How many number ones do you have? That's, that's true. Uh, like oh. Marvel's doing any any better, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't think Marvel has a book numbered higher than four at this point. Yeah. Yes, and all of them, all of those books uh, will have a $2.99 cover price, like I said. And I, now I didn't see anything in particular about the size of the books, mm. so I'm assuming these books will still be generally 20-story pages. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I, I would hope they're not scaling back to 18 pages or something to try to save some dough. Nobody said anything about that. Let's not let that become a rumor. I pulled that out of my ass, but it's something I'm always concerned about. I would imagine if anything like that was going to be brought up, it would have uh, it would have been mentioned during uh, the Comics Pro convention because the retailers would want to know that. Well, that's one of the I, like our friend of the show, Gary Anna Beta. She's going to be at WonderCon. Okay. Uh, I hesitate because <laughs> she's not a huge comic book person. Right. She's more of a movie TV person, mostly movies. I shudder to send her into the DC Rebirth panel to report back because she'll have no idea about. Well, She's like, I heard the word Superman, <laughs> but apparently a lot of the initial details beyond this are going to come can we, out Can we Con. put her in line just to have her ask them where Ambush Bug is? Yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> I do want my Ambush Bug back. <laughs> He's not in this list. Just yeah. follow the DC people around to every panel and she'll be that person. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll send her an Ambush Bug costume <laughs> and a digital audio recorder. <laughs> It's my ambush book, Dan. <laughs> Dan, longtime fan since the last panel. Uh, <laughs> quick question. <laughs> Where's my ambush bug? <laughs> hey, you guys, I just wanted to ask you, um, you, you guys are really awesome. How do you how do you keep being awesome? And I really love your books and where's ambush bug? <laughs> For your consideration. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, want to go through some of the books? Yes. All right. So, starting out in June, uh, the Rebirth specials, uh, we're going to have Aquaman Rebirth number one. Is anybody fucking screaming for this? Jeff Johns. I mean, Jeff Johns gave the character some respectability uh, coming out of the New 52, uh, and, and we put it on the polls based on the strength of that, and it's still on our polls, but I don't read it regularly. Do you? No. Uh, I, I know for a fact I never read Aqu- a single issue, I think, of Aquaman and the others. I think I read some of them. They were okay. Yeah, it's just, it's... They were okay. It takes a unique talent to make Aquaman interesting. And mm. Johns was that talent. And certainly, you know, uh, was it Jeff Parker? Uh, somebody else is in there for a while. Have mm-hmm. Tried it. It's not like I've not read it at all, but it's Aquaman is never at the top of the pile yeah. when, I, when I read my books. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, we got Batman Rebirth number one. Now, without Scott Snyder, and I've not seen a creative team for this one, uh, this is the one that has the most potential for damage to the DC line, depending on who they put on it okay. and what direction they go on. Uh, and considering Batman and the Batman family books are the only ones that have consistently performed for DC since the New 52, uh, part of me wonders if this entire Rebirth is not... To just jack up general sales <laughs> now that Scott Snyder's not going to be on Batman, just a preemptive. Possible. Okay, let's get everything up there. Otherwise, uh, every book will, it'll be DC Comics Snyder. <laughs> That'll be the next event. Snyder Publishing. <laughs> 
Uh, we got Flash Rebirth number one, two words, Wally West. I want Wally West. Some of these posts have two words of what I want from it. I put, made a bunch of notes. Okay. No, I want my old Wally West back. All right. Green Arrow Rebirth number one, two words, Mike Grell. <laughs> like that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, on one hand, the Arrow t- TV show is is too popular. I agree with you. But on the other hand, in that Jeff Johns video, one of the covers he showed when he was talking about the best version of characters yeah. was Green Arrow the Longbow Hunters number one. It's hard to deny that. If we can go back to Flash for a second, um, one thing I want out of that, I want them to um, make like comic book canon now the, the way that Leonard Snart is portrayed um, by Wentworth Miller on the TV show. I, w- I want that canon. Okay, forward. I'm with you. That, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. It's, the, he and uh, what's his face who are Heatwave are yes. my two favorite parts of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's he chose the scenery just perfectly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, just character redesign the whole nine yards. Like, just get lightning strikes. Yep. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Uh, what else we got? Green Lanterns re- rebirth number one. Now that's Green Lanterns. Mm. Uh, so is that like the core? Uh, I don't know. If I will get you ten, that yeah, we'll get Kyle Rayner back and Guy Gardner back, and uh, you know, just to beef it up because yeah, okay. right now it's it's not even Hal Jordan for Christ's sake. Will uh, Will Kyle get his girlfriend back? Uh, <laughs> Is that a fridge too far? <laughs> fridge too far. Write that down. <laughs> That's a good title. Uh, we got Superman Rebirth number one. Uh, two words: underpants. <laughs> just just give them the old costumes back for Christ's sake. We tried it. They're stupid. No, they're not, they're not terrible, but does anybody look at the new Superman and go, that is iconic and will be remembered for 50 years? No. I don't really look directly at Superman often, honestly. Okay. And other than, yeah, reading it, but I'm not, I don't know. I, 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 the initial redesign irritated me, but I became blind to it after a while. That's true, but I saw one or two panels that had to be recovered uh reco- i've seen various artists almost draw it automatically yeah where they've had to recolor certain panels i mean I, I think this too shall pass think about superman red and superman blue in the 90s try not to try <laughs> not to this too will pass <laughs> it, it always does it, look with this rebirth maybe a lot of this stuff is passing i yeah. don't know i mean jesus <laughs> wally west costume up until the up until flashpoint was based on the Flash costume from the TV show. Right. Sometimes these changes happen and they stay. True. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> Titans Rebirth number one. Uh, and I feel like we're getting a taste of this from Titans Hunt uh, by Dan Abnett right now. And we've talked about it before. If you're mm. not reading the book, he's basically tacit, excuse me, tacitly acknowledging that the new 52 uh, characters who were members of the Teen Titans before mm-hmm. Flashpoint had all worked together in some universe and they're remembering their relationship to each other. So yes. we're kind of getting a taste of that right now, which is kind of cool. I've been enjoying that. That was a decent issue this week. I don't think you got I to it I haven't gotten yet, to it but, yet, but I will. Now right. that we have our, our new comfy chairs. Oh, yes. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we have new comfy chairs. Listener does not care. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth number one. Two words. Clay baby. <laughs> I want a clay baby. <laughs> I mean, not to take care of and love and pet and shit like that, but we've talked. Yeah, yeah. We, we were not fans of what Brian Azzarello. Yeah, did I want. I want book. a clay baby and no daddy. <laughs> clay like, baby, no daddy. <laughs> Put it back. I want a clay uh, puppy baby monkey. No, that, you don't. Puppy monkey baby. No. <laughs> and Hippolyta with back. her hands created a clay model of a puppy baby monkey. <laughs> puppy monkey baby, whatever the fuck it is. Too sober to confront this right now. <laughs> 
I'm an alcoholic. I've got serious problems. <laughs> Puppy monkey baby. I don't even know what that ad sells. I just know there's some a, flavor of there's a Dew. monstrosity that just comes into the house dancing. It's got its own Twitter. Oh, good. <laughs> Do you have anything more substantial to say? Um, kill me, I think, is one of them. <laughs> like, oh, God, kill me. <laughs> like, what have you done? Kill me. Oh, God. <laughs> Puppy. Monkey. Kill me. All right, so that's the rebirth issues. Uh, also in June, uh, yeah, uh, new number one issues. These are the ones that are going to be shipping twice a month. Okay. Uh, Aquaman number one. Uh, nobody needs that much Aquaman in one month. You damn fool! You're more useless than Aquaman! I don't need two Aquamans in a month. Yeah, they say that's gonna, that one out of all of them is going to be bi-weekly, really? <laughs> there's a ton of them. I think there's more bi-weekly than, uh, than monthly. Okay. They're, they're doing a, a ton of them bi-weekly. All right. Uh, Batman, right. uh, which we kind of knew there were rumors about that going on for a while. That was one of the first ones they said be, would be bi-weekly. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know who the creative team is. Uh, Flash, number one. Green Arrow, number one. Green Lantern's number one. Superman, Wonder Woman. Yes, uh, new issues because they're not number ones. These are also going to be uh, twice monthly. Action Comics 957. Detective Comics is going to be twice a month, hmm. which is interesting because part of the rumor that went around was that Scott Snyder was going to go to this book and that still hasn't been confirmed, but supposedly part of the reason was he didn't want to do a biweekly grind on Batman. Yeah. Interesting. Now, whether that means he'll be alternating with somebody or he'll be plotting with somebody else scripting or vice versa. I don't know, but five gets you 10. If Snyder agreed to do this on a biweekly basis, it's because he wants to be the one to write detective 1000. Yeah. Because he did five years on Batman. You do five years on a book that comes out 24 times, that's 120 issues. That puts him well into 1,000. Yeah. That's speculation. We still don't even know for sure he's doing that book. Right. But. Nice piece of speculation, though. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I don't deal in news. I make shit up. There you go. (laughs) Spit it into a microphone. (laughs) All right. So uh, move on to July, the Rebirth specials. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth. Okay. You once upon a time liked both Batgirl and Birds of Prey. What What's it going to take for you to get excited about that beyond just the title? Put Gail Simone back on it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But I don't think that's going to happen because she's got other things in the fire um, for Dark Horse, including a new book coming out I think is, I forget the name of it. I want to say it's called like Wonderland or something. Okay. But that would be what I would want back on it. Okay. Fair enough. We also have a... No, shit. All right. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth. So, all right. I would guess that Green Lanterns is going to be the John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner book. This is kind of a bummer because I've really been enjoying what Robert Venditti's been doing with Green Lantern for the last few months. Mm. You know, where he's just sort of out by himself. He's sort of an outlaw. He doesn't have a ring. He's got a prototype gauntlet. That has some of the same powers, but he can barely control it. Then the only people with him are like hired goons on this spaceship. So it's almost like a space gunslinger kind of vibe. Yeah. It's supposed to space cop. I've really been enjoying that. I'm going to miss that if he just goes straight back to the Green Lantern Corps. Nah. Again. But if all things are possible. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But uh, All right. We got the Hellblazer Rebirth number one. Two words. Vertigo Comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, all right. Can we talk about that for a second? Here's sure. here's a book that had been a 
a long-term mainstay on the on the Vertigo imprint that was uh, something that if you were a, a British writer particularly, it was like an honor and a thing that you always dreamed of doing that, that wrapped up with issue 300 under Peter Milligan, got rebooted, um, and we had like justice league dark with that version of constantine running around like harry potter <laughs> yeah john trying to hang out with basically superpowers and yeah and then um rebooted again now because they wanted to try to bring it more into line with what was happening on the tv show even though the tv show was about to punt <laughs> yep so and and that one's had a little bit more success but still has been kind of inconsistent so this is going to be the third time now they will be rebooting this character since um, old real John Constantine died? Uh, fourth, actually, because there was a... Uh, well, no, probably third, because the the Constantine book... I consider the Constantine book that was out at the same time as Justice League Dark... Oh, that's right. That was... Sort of bifurcated. Yeah. And when... Uh, Oh, yeah, actually, that one went. That one was doing okay for a while. The Earth Two trip and the whole. Yeah, and why am I drawing a blank on the Ray Fox? Yes, uh, really was sort of hitting his stride and creating a really dark. Yeah, you know, Vertigo-ish version of Constantine, but not on Earth. On Earth Two, right? <laughs> True. Before they all came back to Earth One. Yeah, the the most recent version. Uh, again, who's writer? God, why am I spacing on her James name? James Tinian and Ming Doyle. Yeah, have it, been writing. It's it's had its moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The two words instead of Vertigo comic should have been long coat. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, no, it, I think you're right to say Vertigo Vertigo comics, but that won't happen because he's now established in yeah the world. I respect what Vertigo has been doing. There've been a hell of a lot of Vertigo comics out. We've talked about a few of them. Yeah, they've they've come out with some pretty solid books recently. So yeah. I'm hoping, uh, who's editing that now? Shelly Bond? Yes. Uh, Sounds uh, right. I'm hoping that's starting to, because I got a soft spot for Vertigo. I've said a million times on this show. Through a large part of the 90s, again, that's part of why I always have a soft spot for DC. All I was reading was Vertigo comics. Yeah. You know, what am I going to read about uh, which which clone of Spider-Man this month? And who's Batman? (laughs) (laughs) There's a stretch in the 90s, yeah. The the only thing that kept me in comics was Vertigo. So, that said... I'd rather see John Constantine back in Vertigo. I I, I agree. If we're going to renumber detective comics and action comics, we can comics, redistribute. We can just say it's Hellblazer number three hundred one. Yes, that'd yes. be fine with me. That would be fine with me. So, if it was the right Constantine, don't give it three hundred one if it's going to still be like weird metrosexual John Constantine. Uh, I don't have as much of a problem with that as you. I mean, I liked the working class direction that. Garth Ennis put it in, but let's face it, to start out with, he was supposed to be Sting. Well, no, it's, it's the same issue that I have with them um, de-aging Deathstroke. It's just, <laughs> after yeah. a certain point, you need to have some diversity in the ages of your characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's be that show. No, I don't want to be that show, <laughs> but I'm just saying I... No, no, we need clickbait. We need to just pander. <laughs> Why are we not pandering? We're trying to actually talk about shit? What, are we stupid? No wonder we can't get press credentials at fucking Comic-Con. No, it's just there's characters that I have I have gotten old with, and I felt like things were taken away from me when they were, you know, de-aged, so. I, I in no way disagree with you. I'm just trying to think. I'm, I, I've now decided we're going for the lowest common denominator. <laughs> I'll quote the man himself. I'm a nasty piece of work. 
Ask anybody. The ten reasons Batman uh, loves young boys. Number eight will surprise you. Jeff Johns, why do you hate the elderly? <laughs> I want to be able to ask them that too. <laughs> In her ambush <laughs> Uh, where's ambush bug number one? And I have a follow up about hating the elderly. Oh, uh, Jesus. All right. Justice League rebirth number one. Uh, now, Jeff Johns announced this week that he and Jason Fabok uh, are actually going to be leaving Justice League at issue 50. Okay. So uh, Johns can finish on doing the script for uh, DC Universe rebirth. Okay. He has not announced any comics that he will or will not be working on after that. So Johns is still listed as the writer on the Justice League 51 solicit. Hmm. So I'm not sure who's going to be taken over in the short term and who's going to be taken over on that. Now, Justice League was John's last book that he was, right. he's been writing for a while. So I, yeah, I'm not sure what direction that'll go. And he may continue on it. He may not. Hmm. But this is one that's another kind of a bummer. Night Ring, uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Rebirth number one. It was inevitable. Yeah. It's been inevitable since Titan's Hunt when he put the suit back on. I'm going to miss Grayson. Grayson has been a great book, but you know what? Better that it go out while it's still doing well than to go through several creative changes and get bad. I, I don't disagree, but it's... This is the most disappointing thing to me, I think, about this reboot, rebirth, whatever they're doing. Grayson, Dick Grayson as a character whether you like Forever Evil or not, and I generally didn't. Right. What happened to him and where he's gone since then has been a legitimate change in the character, a legitimate mm -hmm. move forward. You know, he's he's had an arc in the world of comics where he's landed in a different place than he started, and that's rare. And, and, and it really worked. And finally very independent from Batman, although the undercover thing was initially Batman's idea. Right. It's It's been a legitimate progression of the character and to reverse that feels like a real negative step backwards for this yeah uh, then again dan didia has been rumored to want to kill nightwing for years Jesus. he got his wish finally in forever evil kinda kinda now he gets to kill nightwing again <sighs> he'll go days without sleep to do this apparently <laughs> you just want to suck the joy out of everything that's right dad <laughs> I have a follow-up question about you hating the elderly, Dan. Also, um, where's ambush bug number one? <laughs> Dan, I've heard you're afraid of a uh, man-ass, and I have a follow-up. <laughs> Dan, why do you fear Dick Grayson's tush? Can we talk about this? Can't you just learn to appreciate it like the rest of us? <laughs> Asking for a friend. I have no response to that. <laughs> Oh, and the thing is... Hashtag Grayson's ass. The thing is, we saw him when San Diego Batgirl asked him difficult questions. <laughs> he won't freeze, but he'll get defensive. Be yeah. like, what? What What man-ass should I be looking at? Which man <laughs> Tell me what man-ass! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because actually a lot of his stuff was, well, you were still buying it, so... <laughs> <laughs> You were still buying it when there were panels that didn't always have dicks, you know, man ass. <laughs> yeah, but I was buying it for the other panels too. <laughs> There's no good way this conversation ends. <laughs> and the thing is, because she'll be wearing an ambush bug costume, <laughs> Keith Giffen will be like, yeah, Dan. <laughs> she doesn't score at least one free comic book out of it. <laughs> 
Oh, Christ, they'd give her the fucking Kindle or whatever. <laughs> Here, we're going to give you a gift, but we don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> oh, somebody's going to videotape this. <laughs> First, we got to make an ambush bug costume. Right. Because, trust me, you can't buy one. <laughs> no. Oh, I have to find some drapes. We'll have to get her a Deadpool costume and some Dealey Boppers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> Deadpool show up and ask where Ambush Bug is. <laughs> what superhero are you? You're what? You damn fool! You're more useless than Aquaman! <coughs> oh, we've lost control of the show. <laughs> oh, now there's a way to break the fourth wall. <laughs> uh, what's the next book? Where the fuck was I? I Nightwing? Yes. Okay, uh, what else? Oh, my face hurts from laughing. All right. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, uh, Rebirth number one. Two words. God, why? <laughs> <laughs> if uh, This book is just... I have one word, damn it. <laughs> it's a, it hasn't worked for me from the beginning. Just make Red Hood a freaking... I don't know. I don't have an answer for this one. No, I, I got nothing. I, I mean, can can we have like randomly and for no good reason other than just because can like jack bauer just show up and waterboard everybody that's all right with me <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> hey it's red hood and speedy show them show them both damn it damn it damn it the <laughs> uh, unbirth does that make sense <laughs> Uh, all right, so after that, uh, new number one issues uh, that are going to be shipping twice a month, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, Justice League number one, Nightwing number one, uh, new number one issues shipping, uh, shipping monthly, <coughs> Batgirl number one. Mm. Now, I got these listings straight off the DC Comics website. I did not see a Batgirl rebirth number one. Interesting. So what do you think the odds are we're just going to be keeping the Batgirl of Burnside? Uh, probably. And it seems to be selling well. I mean, would... If that version of Batgirl continues, let's say Gail Simone comes back to do Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I would give it an issue. Okay. <laughs> hey, fair enough. It's Batgirl's one of those books we, we've said a million times, yeah, we are not the target audience for it. Not not at this point, no. Uh, we have uh, jobs and responsibilities and shit. Yeah. Therefore, it doesn't speak to us. I don't take selfies of myself. Well, it's hard to take selfies of something else. No, but I'm saying like it seems to be that they, they've skewed it toward young millennials and that's not me yeah no it's absolutely what they've done and and the sales have been really good yeah more power to them but all right uh batgirl and birds of prey number one hellblazer number one red hood and the outlaws number one the superman superman hyphenated like spider-man number one hmm. now there have been rumors about this book for a while Who's writing this? Do we know? We we don't know who's writing it. We don't know what it's about. Uh, the rumor, and again, this is from the same batch of rumors we've been <laughs> peeling off of for these shows for the last couple of weeks from mm. Bleeding Cool. Uh, some of them have been accurate so far, but uh, consider the source. The rumor is this might follow the plot of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's original version of the character they named the Superman. Huh. Uh, it was from a story called Reign of the Superman. It was in a sci-fi fanzine that Jerry Siegel actually published. And it's about a bald telepath who wants to take over the world. Okay. So. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey. all right. Grab another Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster character. You know, considering all the legal bullshit and bad blood between DC and the Siegel and Schuster family. What better way to restart the DC universe than an old familiar lawsuit? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know what this book is. That's the best rumor I've heard. Okay. Uh, there is no rebirth because it's a brand new thing. Right. So, all right. Uh, and then Titans number one. Okay. Now, sometime in the fall, uh, dates to be announced. Uh, we're going to have on the rebirth front, Batman Beyond Rebirth number one. Mm-hmm. Which has been okay since Tim Drake went forward in time and Future's End, but I want Terry McGinnis back. Yeah. So if we're going to use this as a rebirth opportunity, give me Batman Beyond. Exactly. So Blue Beetle rebirth number one. Now, if they're ever going to do Ted Court again, they mm-hmm. will, but they won't. Mm-hmm. I know the Warner Brothers still wants to do the the new Jamie Reyes version. And, and that's a perfectly fine version. I don't see why, if we're going to be able to pull from the past, that you can't have two different Blue Beetles running around. Yeah, I don't see why either. Christ, we got Superman and the Superman. <laughs> why the fuck not? We yeah. got five guys named Green Lantern. Exactly. So, and yeah, I mean, look, I am always going to, when it comes to Jamie Reyes, or it might be Jaime, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever. <laughs> when it comes to young Blue Beetle, <laughs> I, I love the the John Rogers, Keith Giffen version. Yeah. Uh, after Infinite Crisis. Uh, but the Tony Bedard one right after Flashpoint the, from the first run of New 52 was also pretty solid. Yeah, that's true. So you've got a couple writers who've done some pretty solid stuff with that. And somehow it just doesn't seem to get any traction. Because so, it's not Ted Cord. Well, I too love Ted Cord, but Ted Cord works best with Booster Gold. Yes. <laughs> Always has. Bring back Booster. Don't say that to... Steve Ditko, but <laughs> Mr. DiDio, I have a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> why do you hate the elderly, and where do you bury the elderly, and where's Ted Cord and Booster Gold? Also, why do you hate Manass <laughs> specifically? Like, look at the camera, Dan. <laughs> what and, else? Ambush bug number one. <laughs> There's also Cyborg Rebirth number one. <laughs> Uh, Deathstroke Rebirth number one. Two words. You know what the two words are. Old Deathstroke. I was going to go with Kyle Higgins. That too. Yes. Yeah. You in particular loved his run. Yes. Kill all the kids. Get them off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a. It was a, an interesting and kind of new take on Deathstroke that immediately went away and now has been completely retconned out now that he's... Although I've not read the last two or three issues of Deathstroke. It's, we have them here somewhere. I keep yeah. getting the book even if I'm not... Like reading it, really. Yeah, it, it has not grabbed me, and you've always been more of a Deathstroke fan than I have. But kills the kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, he kills the kids. <laughs> that's that's a cover blurb. It's gonna be our first cover blurb. <laughs> I like the Deathstroke. He killed the kid. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not gonna hold the fact that he fathered Jericho against him, but fucking Jericho! You always gotta bring that son of a bitch up. Jericho is in the current. Um, in the current books. No wonder I'm not reading it. Thank God I'm not reading it. Fuck Jericho and fuck everything he stands for. If there's a carry, if I see a Jericho rebirth, I'm going to go berserk. What if Jericho showed man ass? Would that, that make you more inclined th- to? Don't you try to bring that into it. That horrible Jerry curled disco suited. Not simp. on his ass. The, Jesus. The... <laughs> <laughs> How did I lose control? <laughs> Jericho rebirth. For $10 all you can eat testicle fest. <laughs> Jericho Rebirth, he's got a new code name. Sugar oh. Oh. Fuck just... Jericho. <laughs> Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> You're the you had to bring Jericho into this. I still love You're you, suspect. Man. You're suspect. <laughs> Sorry, I just alienate everybody. 
I got my dick message. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got strong fucking feelings about Jericho. Yeah, less strong feelings about sleeping on the couch. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, moving on. Yes. Uh, Earth 2 Rebirth number one. Mm. Now, supposedly, yeah, we're getting a Justice Society back on Earth 1 uh, that fought in World War II. I don't know if this is going to be the version of the Justice Society heroes that James Robinson did before he left the book. Okay. I don't know what this is. All right. Is what it comes down to. But It'll be what it is. Very zen. Thanks. Very zen for... <laughs> I'm sorry I shouted at you. No, no, no. You have feelings. You're allowed to have them. Jericho, man. You know how it is. <laughs> Fucking Jericho. That guy was a jackass! Not man ass. That guy was a jackass. That's what we. Is he more useless than Aquaman? <laughs> I'll step away from the soundboard. <laughs> we also have Suicide Squad Rebirth number one. Uh, only thing I know about this is Jim Lee is going to be one artist on a rotating team on the Suicide Squad book. Okay. Uh, and the biweekly comic that comes out of it. Uh, I don't know if the current creative team's staying. If they're going to make it the movie version, I have no idea. I have three words that I would want for that. Okay. Fat Amanda Waller. Indeed. Yes. Fat Amanda Waller. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Not to be confused. Can't with... have my old people. I can't have my fat people. Not to be confused with Puppy Monkey Baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really am not drinking any more than usual. <laughs> and you still just, got one more beer there that just, you got unopened. I know. It's just that kind of show. But we got Super uh, Super Girl Rebirth number one. Rebirth's a hard word to say after a while. It is. Uh, Teen Titans Rebirth 1, Trinity Rebirth number 1. Now, again, according to Bleeding Cool, which is uh, considered the source, but it's the one place I've heard about this rumor before. Uh, this is going to be a book with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and not another Trinity of Sin kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, they've had Trinity books before that have been Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's been a while, so. Yeah. I think the last one that I remember reading had, like, Mark Bagley art. I think so, yeah. And it was weekly. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, all those books, I uh, oh no, uh, those are the rebirths, the new uh, biweekly number one issues that are going to be out in the fall. Cyborg one, Deathstroke one, Harley Quinn. Again, no Harley Quinn rebirth. Eh, yeah, it's a hit. Why fuck with what works? Exactly. Uh, Suicide Squad number one and the new number one issues that are going to be monthly are Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, uh, Earth Two, and Gotham Academy next semester. Oh, and uh, sorry, I had to turn the page. <laughs> Gotham Academy, 90210. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. Mm. Uh, also, Supergirl, Superwoman number one. Ooh. Smart money on that, I guess, is the Earth 2, or sorry, Earth 3. Yeah. Crime Syndicate. Right. Back in the day, it was Earth 3. Yeah. Uh, Lois Lane. Uh, then again, Super Sons number one. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, I am having awful visions of Superboy Prime. <laughs> oh god no <laughs> please god no superboy prime Ugh. just no the, just say no the worst fucking disc to the comics internet and most of us have it coming <laughs> just plunk them on earth prime and just be angry on message boards about how people feel about superboy prime i only want superboy prime to come back if he's played by a puppy mate Puppy monkey baby. Puppy monkey baby. <laughs> Stuff on that. Where, once that, I don't even know what it sells. But Mountain what? Dew. Oh God, that piss. Yeah. Not a chance. I don't care what it's selling. But yeah, once that. If, that, if it makes you hallucinate like that, I'm I'm off the do. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Know, some monstrosity. Going back to whiskey. Some monstrosity came in and licked my <laughs> face. I gotta get some Everclear or some shit. I gotta cleanse my palate. This is horrible. Where's my Goldschlager? <laughs> it's diapers were full of some shit, and it licked my face. <laughs> and it threw its shit at me because it's it's the third monkey. <laughs> Puppy monkey baby is a menace. It's just once you get that rhythm in your head, it's, it's not house trained. It flings its poo. There's always a diaper full of it. Buy Mountain Dew. Doesn't have the manual dexterity <laughs> to change it himself. It's just he toddles around screeching <laughs> at a god that clearly doesn't care. Kill me. Uh, drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's that's all the books and everything we got news on so far. Do you have any general feelings or? I will wait and see. It's it. It's not a rebirth, uh, a reboot, but apparently a rebirth. And I don't know. It's just another excuse for them to start over and have a spectacle to boost sales on their number ones. And then it will be business as usual. <laughs> it might be. But um, after New 52, DC had to do something. Yeah. You know, I've, I said it, it I, in the 80s, I was a DC guy. And part of that was Dark Knight and Watchmen and Sandman. But, you know, and Vertigo being what kept me in comics. But... You know, if you just look over the years, DC had Justice League International and Grant Morrison's JLA and you know, Denny O'Neill and Dennis Cohen's The Question. Some really great book. And so did Marvel. Yeah, where's The Question in all this? Because that's, that's something I would like to see come back. <laughs> yeah, it, who the hell knows it, it, whether it'll be Renee Montoya or the original question. Vic Sage. Vic Sage, thank you. I always lock up my. I always have the lock up Vic Sage, Victor Zaz, or whatever. Because oh, that's the bad guy. That's a, that's a bad guy. No, well, you got to read those question trades. I'm not too far. Off. <laughs> but yeah, I, the, nothing with the question so far. I don't know what to tell you, Mister Didio. I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> One. Why do you hate the elderly? Two. Where's the question? <laughs> Three, where's Ambush Bug? <laughs> and, I, one. and I have a follow-up. <laughs> Puppy, monkey, or baby? <laughs> <laughs> Number one? Uh-huh. Number one. <laughs> but it's... <sighs> All right, to get back to the... <laughs> Puppy, monkey, baby is going to derail this show completely. <laughs> it lives on Bizarro World. No, oh, shut up. <laughs> um, DC... Part of it was being there for crisis. And look, I I recognize that every time I, most of the time when I say, oh, I read uh, Vertigo books only in the 90s, I always make fun of the Spider-Clone saga. And I recognize for every Spider-Clone saga, there's a death of Superman mm-hmm. or there's an Osrael as Batman. Yep. Um, but looking back on from when I was younger, like I said, Mike Barron's Flash, I'll put that against any fucking comic book from the 80s. That made me excited about The Flash for the first time since I was a little kid. Yeah. Now, and that laid the groundwork for William Messner Loeb's, which brought in Mark Wade and then Jeff Johns and laid the groundwork for Jeff Johns being able to do things with various other characters and laid the groundwork for Blackest Night just from that weird beginning yeah. of, uh, yeah, The Flash is a dick and he can only run at the speed of sound and he's hungry all the time. You know, and... But it's also when the rubber hit the road back in the 80s and 90s, when Marvel needed a new origin story, who did they call? Fucking Rob Liefeld and Heroes Reborn. <laughs> now, DC calls John Byrne and Frank fucking Miller. At least back in the day they did. Yeah. Yeah, and not to get back to 
San Diego Comic-Con because, again, hey, we're not going back. But <laughs> We're not. But we always went to the DC panels. There were years yeah. we hit every single DC panel because they were more fun and they didn't take themselves as seriously and they were dicks. You got that yeah. a lot at Marvel panels. It, it, that's assuming that, like, you got anybody other than the editors to show up at the Marvel panels. Yeah. <laughs> they were more fun and that all kind of changed with the new 52. That's when they got defensive and it started to feel like it was about sales. Yeah. It's it's right about the time Dan DiDio, yeah, stopped doing his Why I Love Comics right. panel, which is always my favorite part of Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, and that's when you started hearing about editorial interference and people not knowing what they were doing, you know, creators getting alienated. Hopefully they've learned their lessons. Well, this is this is a question I thought of. Do you think it's a coincidence that since Jeff Johns got promoted, mm-hmm. that the DCW and Supergirl shows have become compelling and fun with a continuity that crosses across all of them now that he's sort of in the day-to-day operations of the TV show less than the comics? I think it depends on how much of a hand he has in on that because my impression was that Berlanti was really more the the boots-on-the-ground person for that stuff. Very possible. And that's kind of what I thought. It was just that I was thinking... You know, yeah, it's you've got Dan DiDio not working day to day on it. He's a yeah. publisher now. Jeff Johns as chief creative officer. I mean, he's writing one book. Now we've heard stories over the years where he's been flat out told, "No, you need to be doing more of this other stuff with the movies yeah. and the TV shows." Now it's who do you have in there right now? This Bob Harris. Yeah, and. Um, Scott Snyder has spoken of having a good working relationship with his editor because they'd known each other for a while. Yeah. And I think you know, that clearly benefited that book and that, that, the Bat family. I don't, I don't know the level of what was going on editorially with the other books. And again, part of that is he had a hit right out of the gate. Yeah. But I'm just saying that if, if you have experienced people working together, whereas you have all these other experienced folks that seem to have been promoted up, <laughs> yes. Again, I don't want to cast aspersions. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to tell. <laughs> All I know is that people were bitching about editorial interference. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answers. All you hear out of that is is rumors and people complaining after the fact. I just wish somebody would write Paul Levitz a check <laughs> and just have him come into the office every day and maybe be able to. Dell Scott loved Dell to stop it. Now again. <laughs> that thing you're doing, stop. And he has like a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> Bad Lob Dell. On the carpet again. <laughs> I have a follow up question about Scott Love Dell's <laughs> toilet habits. <laughs> Rub his nose in it. Oh, God. <laughs> outside. I told you outside. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> So, yes, that's everything we know at this point about DC Rebirth. See, look, we don't need San Diego. We've got the fatigue hysteria. Oh, God. Yeah, great. You, you don't have to edit this shit more. <laughs> <dumb. laughs> I don't think a lot of editing is going to be done. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about a couple of comics? Yes, let's. All right. Which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, you pick. Oh, I forgot to bring them downstairs, didn't I? You did. I did. All right. Um. All right. Let's start with uh, American Monster number two. Okay. Uh, written by Brian Azzarello, art by Wando. Yes. If that is his real name. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to wonder. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 
Yeah, this is the the second issue uh, wherein the ugly guy gets questioned by the cops and then he kills a guy and then there's a girl who shows her tits to perverts for money and uh, she questions... That was in the first issue. Yeah, she in this issue she questions said pervert's motives. There's an American Nazi imitating Hitler by crying over animals and there's a deputy who questions his place in life, I guess. Yeah. All right, so... I, I, I picked up issue number two, not realizing that you had picked up issue number one. I was interested in reading a Brian Azzarello book where he wasn't trying to shoehorn a crime story into a superhero book. So <laughs> Yes, this is apparently a straight crime story. This is published by Aftershock. I think so, yeah. So it's it's a, a smaller publisher, I guess. Um the the book is interesting to me insofar as it's kind of setting itself up in the way that uh, Southern Bastards has. So you're in this like clearly redneck part of the world with a bunch of miscreants. Nobody is likable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Clear and obvious crimes are happening. Everywhere. And this whole soap opera is playing out. So what's going on here? And, and who is, what is the mystery behind the burned man? Well, and, and that's part of the problem that I have with it. I wanted to like this book. It's Brian Azzarello on a crime book. I like his crime books. I don't like his superhero books nearly as much. But okay, I'd like... 100 Bullets. It's one of my favorites. That hangs together. And that is a book that gets very Byzantine mm-hmm. and twisted later on, but it's it's based on a very simple hook. A dude shows up. He's got a briefcase with a gun and untraceable bullets. He says, here's the guy who wronged you and absolute proof how he wronged you. Do what you're going to do. That's a beautiful hook to get somebody yeah. into a story. And you can use that hook to get into more complicated mythology and... Uh, stuff like that and eventually the hook just sort of goes away as you're drawn into this world this book doesn't have any of that i have no fucking idea who any of these people are and i know i don't like any of them yeah it's you're right it does remind me of southern bastards and that yeah there are all these side trips in this little town to show that you know there's just some cancer eating at it it's a terrible place you know the difference is in southern bastards those side trips serve the plot and so far i'm not sure which ones of these actually do i think it's it's playing out slowly i'm willing to stick with it for another couple of issues just because since i started it two and then re- went back and read one <laughs> and then i was more interested in continuing to read it i feel like there's clearly something there uh, which is which is fine i think you liked it more than i did because we've got all these characters and two of one they're reprehensible except for the deputy who's yeah. the only one who seems to take his job seriously and it just means, all right, if he's the only decent character in that, you know he's going to get tempted and probably get his ass kicked and fall because it's a Brian Azzarello book. You know, my guess is that the ugly, burned guy will offer him money to turn the other cheek, to turn the other way so he can do some crime and then the deputy can take care of his mother who has Alzheimer's or whatever dementia she's got. Yep. But it's a, yeah, we spent a lot of time with him. Uh, and yeah, all I can tell is that he and the ugly guy are going to clash, but they don't in this issue really. And I don't know why it matters that his mom has all, I, I'm just. Makes him more sympathetic because he's taking care of his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> somebody has to be because nobody else Well, it doesn't seem like this is the kind of town that has the infrastructure to afford a nursing home. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Nobody has a car. I mean, apparently, <laughs> apparently you can't drive in this town without your car blowing up or you hit a dead dog. Or... That'd be fair. The dog was shot. Now, Who shot the dog? Hmm. Yeah, it's just all these characters like despicable, wretched people. You know, we, we've got a guy who beats up the mentally handicapped. We got a guy who shoots a fucking dog. We got a neo-Nazi. 
We got a corrupt priest who wants to buy guns. A neo-Nazi who was banging the wife of the guy that was supposed to be his investment counselor, and then he uh, kidnaps both of them and and makes them shoot each other in the face. Well, that was the first issue. Yeah. But well, I'm just saying to flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. So yeah, we've got this pervert who likes to look at underage girl, the underage girl who's taking money from him to show her tits. Lazy sheriff doesn't want to investigate crimes. You know, the, the girl's a piece of shit to her mother. It's, I don't, I don't like anybody here. I don't know how they're tied together. And she'll only eat white food, but it's not a racist thing. Of course not. Because cauliflower is gross to her. Well, it's okay. I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> what I'm getting at is I don't fucking like these people. I don't know how they hang together and shit had better start happening very quickly because there's no hook here to make me want to go further. Got it. And it's, it's yeah, not you awful. You can't elevator pitch this book. Yeah, it's it's not awful, but it's it's more like a, a tone poem of here's a terrible place and the people <laughs> in it. It's like, okay. I don't want to spend time there. <laughs> Thank you for warning me. This is also why I don't go home. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I had read like you said. I I picked up the first issue of this. I had forgotten about it. I had to reread it today when you said you wanted to talk about the second one. And I've forgotten about it because nothing fucking happens. There's this guy who's burned and he's a dick and his car catches fire. Scene. Pretty, and, <laughs> and yeah, girl on seesaw showing tits in exchange for dollars. It's a, Something needs to start tying this shit together. This may be a book that works spectacularly as a trade, mm. but it's not working for me in the, the first couple issues. Yeah, and that's why I want to see how it kind of plays out. Because there are some other books that I've I've read where that happens, where it's like, uh but then if you buy like the trade, <laughs> which is fine and it's fair. Um, but I mean, in that case, you know, just sell me an original graphic novel Yeah. because uh, the, the problem is it, it's a trade off. Oh, we need to sell the issues to justify the trade. You're two issues in and I'm not going to buy number three. You, you can certainly buy it. If I remember. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's not awful, but it has not hooked me in. It's, it's terrible people. With no reason for me to, you know, the the burned guy is not compelling enough for me to say, okay, let's see what you're up to. Because you might shoot one of these people who I might shoot. <laughs> okay. That, no, that's, we I mean, don't have to like the same things. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly the stuff that you liked about it, feel free. I, I don't mean to roll over you and go, no, this is a bad book and you're bad for liking it. It's, that's not what I... <laughs> That's not what I mean to do. I'm just, uh, this is why it's not working for me. And that's, and that's, that's fine. But I think for, for those folks that like Southern Bastards that are looking for something similar, give this book a shot. See what you think. <laughs> okay. I mean, fair enough. The, the similarities are there. Uh, I don't think it hooks, I don't think it spins up fast enough. Yeah. But yeah, if, if half of what you like is just marinating in this town, like in Southern Bastards, then this might be the, the book for you. Southern podunk crime. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Give me the crime. Yeah. <laughs> Show me the heist. Where's the grift? What's going on here? There's references to some sort of bank robbery, so we'll see if that has more traction in later issues. It's fine. Show me the robbery. <laughs> Only guy who doesn't get to show me the robbery, Quentin Tarantino. You know why? Because he uses that to show me guys get ears cut off. <laughs> but yeah. It, clearly, we're we're divided on this one, but That's okay. I, I think you're right. If you really like Southern Bastards, there's enough here in setting and tone. There may be something here for you. Yeah. If you're looking for 
a good, solid, hard-boiled, fast-moving crime thriller, this is not the book. Right. But it is Azzarello getting back into crime stories without superheroes. That is true. Maybe he's just getting his feet wet. Yeah. Brushing the dust off. There you go. (laughs) I can live with that. All right. Move on to the next one? Yes. All right. Standoff. Welcome to Pleasant Hill number one. This is a Marvel book. Yes. Written by Nick Spencer. Art by Mark Bagley. So, yeah, we've got uh, Winter Soldier back on Earth investigating some massive catastrophe supposed to happen Mm -hmm. uh, because he's now the man on the wall out dealing with alien threats. Uh, But, yeah, the the trail. Hickman. Yeah. Well, (laughs) actually, that was Jason Aaron. I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But... So yeah, the, the trail he's following leads to a shield base where he's apparently captured, and then we smash cut to Pleasant Hill where everyone's nice, and everyone has a nice job to do, and nice neighbors, and a nice therapist, and you can never fucking leave. Yeah. And uh, we we meet a new resident named Jim. He's got no memory of how he got there. He tries repeatedly to escape. He can't do it. He can't recover his memory until he meets a familiar-looking dude in a goatee who likes to build crazy machines, and... Says he can help Jim remember who he is, and is uh, not quite who you think. No, they. You know what? I I appreciated being surprised by the twist at the end. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll give a spoiler warning. I'm going to try not to give it away. Yes, uh, but the twist at the end is worth the price of admission alone. Yes. Uh, I I I um, enjoyed the story, but I did take some issue with where they're having Maria Hill tread with this because we've already spent so much time heading into Secret Wars, having supposedly heroic characters behave extraordinarily non-heroic. And what she's doing in order to accomplish this particular community uh, reeks of shit that happened in identity war that people, uh, identity crisis that people had issues with. Yep. And um, is just a stunning example again of heroes not being heroes. Well... I, I think I, I think this story exists from a practical standpoint to de-age Steve Rogers. Yes. This book has been solicited and pitched as a story that will put all the known Captain Americas together. Uh, if you're going to do that, you need to have something un-American for them to band together with. And and I get that, but it was it was the same sort of thing we saw heading into Civil War. Somebody has to act so bizarrely out of character, yeah, no, <laughs> as I, to beggar belief. I, I I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I think yeah, Maria Hill is acting way above and beyond how her character has really ever acted. Yeah, uh, even going into Civil War and Siege and and all of yeah. of those, which all had their own problems. Uh, I I think. Yes, they're creating, number one, they're creating this, oh, this is a hugely un-American thing for all the Captain Americas to go against. It, it's also not new right. in its own way. You know, you can use this story as a comment on Guantanamo Bay, but that's already been done and arguably been done yeah. more comprehensively with Reed Richards' negative zone gulag in Civil War. Yeah, and she, she references all the other failed prisons. Um, yeah, and, and the idea, you know, we get one page of, oh, somebody's leaked information about this, and uh, yeah, you could use that as a comment on the Snowden leaks, yep. but yeah, the idea of making arrests based on prior information or surveillance, be it cosmic or electronic, is supposed to be a theme of Civil War II that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So you've got this thing shoehorned in between stories that have done similar things, right? Uh, 
but done them. I don't know if they've done them better or not, but it's like, okay, I've seen this before and I get what you could be commenting on, but we've had comments on this in Marvel comics before. Yeah. On top of that, we've got this girl who is just clearly a MacGuffin, you know, Oh, she brought a dead thing back. Well, of course she's going to be what makes Steve Rogers young again. I get that. Mm-hmm. So we've got all this stuff going on. Some of it, not necessarily necessary, some of it seems stuffed in just for here's how we're going to do it. But again, she'll be some sort of inhuman. Oh, yeah, because everybody's an inhuman now. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> Marvel, all no, about the inhumans. No more mutants. Scarlet yeah. Witch got her way. <laughs> no, no, Fox Studios got their way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, it, yeah, there's a lot in this that we've seen in other places. There's a lot of it that uh, we're going to see it again coming up. It, it purely exists to make Captain America young again. It's potentially cynical, but goddamn, that was a good twist. It was a good twist, and and it was it was legit. It was legit, except I think it leaned a little bit on Mark Bagley's art. Yes, when there was one particular uh, the goateed character, <laughs> the way he drew him was kind of a cheat to be like, oh, that's who I think it is, and I think the art changed subtly. Yeah. Uh, when the reveal happened, but still from a story standpoint, everything was there to not necessarily show you that it, there was no real cheating there. Right. There was no, huh? No, I, I gave you false information so you couldn't possibly guess. Yeah. Now they, they gave you some panels that may, were intended to make you think of particular characters. And then you could see how those panels would relate to these other <laughs> Yeah, but it's they never told you, oh, no, this is who it's supposed to be. Right. So it wasn't cheated. It, was it wasn't a, cheated. It was a fair plot. And it was yeah. A, it plot was, was fair. But again, it, it's overshadowed for me by the fact that, again, I'm going to just hammer this point. They're making a character behave completely uncharacteristically wrong and non-heroic who's supposed to be a hero. No, you're you're right. And they're they're stealing a thing that was done in another event book. Um, to supposedly do things that are, are heroic. You're absolutely right. You're right. Instead of fighting crime the right way. <laughs> You're right. There's a lot of recycling in this book. But that twist was legit, and it was enough to make me say, all right, show me what we got next. Yeah. That said, you're going to see a lot of familiar stuff in this that book. That said, yeah, when, 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 uh, Steve Rogers does come back. <laughs> he it, it will be glorious <laughs> based on how characters are behaving right now. Yeah, I, I I am ready to see old Cap again. Yeah. But I've liked Sam Wilson as Captain America. I'm glad he's still going to be a Captain America. Yes. See, DC, you could have two guys. Two guys. With the same name. Give me back Booster and Beetle. There you go. <laughs> Fat Amanda Waller. <laughs> Puppy monkey baby. Shut up. <laughs> No Superboy Prime. <laughs> all right. So is that all we got? I think so. I'm picturing somebody uh, tuning into the show in three years going, <laughs> what the fuck is a puppy monkey baby? What the hell? <laughs> See, I think they put that together wrong. I think they should have had monkey as like the last word because it's got the K sound. I don't get all comedy. <laughs> Look, they they created a crime against God. <laughs> and you want it to be funnier? <laughs> Easier to say, I think. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't want to say it anymore. All right, anything else? Uh, no, just 
there there's some interesting things out there this this week on your poll so take a look for them <laughs> yep absolutely there's also and uh, we're not going to talk about it here just again weird things that are out there uh there's bill and ted go to hell i didn't read that how is, <laughs> is that any good not sure yet <laughs> still <laughs> working right. my way through my polls fair enough um but yeah there's there's interesting things out there strange things are afoot in your pull rack pull rack I don't know. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> uh, there he goes. Oh, damn it. I hit the wrong Pull pile. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Pull pile is what I meant to say. Pull pile, yes. <laughs> Pull pot, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he subjugate a whole country? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we better wrap this up. We've lost complete control yeah. over this show. All right. Don't know where you found this show, and uh, I apologize <laughs> one way or the other, but... <laughs> You can always find us if you're so inclined at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We are on Facebook. I've been doing more with that, and we can certainly always get messages from you through there. Uh, Facebook page is Crisis on Infinite Midlives. We are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. We're on Tumblr for some reason. <laughs> because. Yeah, we're doing less with Tumblr. Because Let's put Tumblr. It, yes, uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes, and if that is your favorite way of finding podcasts, do us a favor. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It does help new people find the show. You can find us on TuneIn Radio. We're on Stitcher. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can always email us at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. And yeah, seriously, if you've got a convention you're aware of that fits those weird, we have these <laughs> days we can travel, yeah, let us know, because what the hell, we're always looking. Yeah. I miss anything? Nope. I guess that is it. This has been episode 104 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. I love this world, but there's something missing. Puppy. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>